Apart fam. We are your hosts, Jamie Lynn Wilno and Candace Hart. And we're so excited to update you on some things that are happening. And so Candace is going to share this with you, but we want you to know that this episode is going to be about a beautiful gift that God has given us that is the key for you accomplishing all that God has put before you. When you don't know what to do, this is what you do. And so we're really excited. We love practical advice from God's word to share with you. So stay tuned. And this won't be a super long episode, but first it is so important for us to update you on what's been going on. Yes. Yeah, so first we want to give a shout out to our patrons. Thank you so much. We have Shelby, Jolie, Janelle, Zio, and Lexi. You guys, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you pouring into this ministry. We actually just finished our first in-person event for Set Apart Women. The testimonies that are coming out with that have been amazing. Like two, the, one person messaged us the day after. She'd already met with somebody that she met that day at the brunch. They had coffee together. We've gotten messages where we're going to meet up with some of these ladies and this is what God calls us to do. He calls us to meet. He calls us to fellowship together. He calls us to encourage each other, to pray for each other. And that's what we want to keep developing. So yeah. it's amazing. And these are the patrons that joined in November, our newest patron members. We have 26 members right now that are sewing monthly into Set Apart Women and the Next America show. And what's amazing with this money is our goal right now, we're being led by the Holy Spirit, is not for us to be paid. Our goal right now is to be able to circulate kingdom wealth. And so we are a for-profit, which is why we're doing Patreon. And okay, these are the things, these are the dreams and goals with Patreon. And we want your help. We want you to join our tribe. So first of all, we are looking for a venue for our first in-person conference. It's going to be a Saturday um, conference in March or April. And so we're confirming the details. And there will be a section where our monthly supporters and patrons will be able to have either breakfast with us or dinner with us. It's going to be more of an exclusive event to really connect and dive in together and get to know one another more. And then also there's a lot of perks and hidden content that come with being a patron. And then um, January 3rd, we have our next mentorship event. We just finished three Monday nights in a row of online free mentorship. And we want to thank you so much for sewing into that. And we aren't here trying to become zillionaires off of this. We want to circulate wealth. And during that time, we raised $500 for a friend who just became a widow. And the story behind that is crazy in itself. Um, the $500 was a significant number. She called me and was telling me her story. And I just, I don't like want to uncover everything that she shared with me, but I just want to say it was the Lord. That amount was from the Lord. And I want to thank you all for sewing into that. And this is just the beginning. Uh, we would like to be able to write a check to widows um, or take care of the orphans for $5,000 one day. And we're going to be able to do that through Patreon. Another thing is I want to get back in the studio with the Next America. And that costs at a minimum $1,200 a month to be able to do studio recording and editing. For that, I have the studio for free. Somebody wants to build me a set for free, but it costs $1,200 to get back in there. And so that's another way you can help us get content out there to bring solutions to America, to help in sex trafficking, to fight what's going on in education, to go and be the difference in government and these mandates that we're seeing be a voice and fight to protect the constitution, to protect family units and just what the agendas that are being pushed in education, what can Christians do? And we have solutions we want to share with you. And so um, anyways, that's a long intro, but I just want to say thank you. That's what we're doing and follow us on Instagram, set apart women 
For more updates, and go to jamielynwallnow.com to join our Patreon monthly giving or to sign up for our email list where you'll see more about our upcoming events. That's perfect. And so we want to say right now, too, we just finished up our first online mentorship. And then we, y'all were doing this for free because we just want to spread God's word. We want to share the revelations, our experiences that God's given us. And so we are actually starting our next mentorship on January 3rd, 2022. You can go ahead and um, if you're not on the email blast, please sign up for that. We do not send out a ton of information. We won't flood your inbox, but it lets you know when these events are coming up. That way you'll be the first to know for the conference we're having we're having this spring, we're claiming that for the retreats that we're going to have coming up and for these mentorships and the mentorship, we did it live on zoom. It was amazing to be able to have that interaction with ladies, to be able to answer questions that came through. And it felt so intimate. Don't, I mean, Jamie, don't you feel like I just, I got filled just as much. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I had a friend, um, a new friend from, um, our church and from this online mentorship come up to me last night and said that, the time where we took questions and answered them. She was like, they were such incredible questions. I feel like I learned so much from what you guys shared and from that time together. Like it was so powerful. And I just want to thank you so much. Like I, she kept going on and on about it. And that's amazing that we had women who were crying, sharing about what's going on when we, you know, continued our time after the recording, we just prayed for a few women and we we're really creating community. And we hope that you can feel that in person. We want to thank you for tuning in. We know that this is a lot longer of an intro than normal, but we feel like it's important at least once a month to give you updates on testimonies of what God is doing. God is creating community for women online and in person. And we can't believe that things are already happening the way we are two months in. This is our ninth episode to air together in season three of Set Apart. And God's, we've already had an online mentorship program and we've already had an in-person event and we're already geared up for that January 3rd one. And we're excited about our conference and future retreats. So stay tuned. We want to connect with you in person. Let's dive in, Candice. We're going to talk about the fear of the Lord and wisdom. And um, Candice is going to speak more into the fear of the Lord. I mean, we're going to go back and forth. But um, yeah, we, we believe that this is a really important thing to grasp, grasp to live and walk in the fear of the Lord, because it's the beginning of wisdom, as he says, you know, in his word. And so, Candice, will you please share about the fear of the Lord? I will. And I'm going to start off with scripture because I love that you just said that. So Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And then Proverbs 8, 13, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, behavior and perverse speech. So the fear of the Lord Lord, and this took me a while to grasp. It's to love what he loves and hate what he hates. So if there is something on the docket that the Lord is, when he gives you the great commission, when he says to take care of the widows, to take care of the orphans, these are the things he loves. When we show compassion, when we go, when we put our selfish desires and our own pride aside and take into consideration other people's feelings, to put ourselves in the place where they're coming from and really try to be compassionate, to seek unity. These are the things he loves. He wants to see his children come together. He wants to see them prosper. He wants to see them just love on each other and to hate what he hates. It is, there's something, holy hatred is a thing. And I say that with not, it's not our own justification, but the things the Lord hates, that's holy to him. So we have to feel that same way. He hates sex trafficking. He hates slavery. He hates racism. He hates 
when we slander each other and tear each other down. And it's so important to be in that place where we're sensitive to God's presence and his promptings of our words, our speech, our manner, that we are literally living out the things that he's calling us to. Try to think I'll put this. And I want to, yeah, I want to add the word hate because a lot of people are like, God can't hate. And it's in his word. Like the fear of the Lord is to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Let me define hate this way. Anything that separates you from him, he doesn't want to be separated from you. He doesn't want the idols to get in the way. He doesn't want the sin life to get in the way. Like sin literally separates us from the Lord. Um, And so I just, I feel that that is a great way to define like, if you're a parent, put yourself in those shoes. Like if there's anything that's separating you, whether it's generational, you know, sin or generational, like trauma that could separate your children from you or you from your parents, like you want a healthy relationship dynamics. Most likely if you're listening, you desire restoration in your family where it's not. And the reason why there's not restoration is because something is keeping and hindering you guys from that connection point. And God doesn't like those things that separate us from that place of love and truth that can only be found in Christ Jesus. And so I just wanted to share that. And this is biblical to love what he loves and hate what he hates. So what would God hate? You know, anything that would separate you from him. And so I just wanted to hop in and share that part. I love that. And you define that so well. And I love, I want to expand because the example you just gave, it's like, we are his children. And I will say there's times I've had these like grand plans for me and my kids to go do something. And especially when they're younger, one of them would do something. And I'm like, we can't go. I want to give you all of these things, but because you did this, (laughs) we can't go. And these things have to change because I love you. So I'm going to, I'm going to let there be a consequence. And so, yes, I love that you put it. We have to remember that we are his children. And so he constantly looks at us and he's like, I just want to love you. And I want you to do well. And just as we look at our children, we're like, what were you thinking? But, um, and so also with the fear of the Lord, I think it comes down to when we're given that lens, we start seeing the things that he wants us to see as he sees it. You have to remember that we are to hate evil and sin, but not the sinner. So when you, we say like, yes, it's good to hate something. And we just have to remember, we're not hating that person, that that person where our battle is not against flesh and blood. And I constantly will remind myself of this over and over, especially when I see something super offensive or something comes out that is so evil and speaks evil that I have to remember that we're hating the sin and not that person. And so, um, let me read to you Romans 8, 5 through 6. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. And the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And I love this verse because when it talks about how to live in the fear of the, lo- the Lord and what that looks like, the first thing I've noticed is, or for me, that helps so much. Our goals for the kingdom are our goals would always look different than our goals for the world. And I separate that by before I was, before I really was all in for the Lord, my goals looked so different. And the best example I could give is I remember thinking, man, I just want to get to where we're making this much money this year. And I want this house and I want this car and I want my kids to do these things. 
But when I wanted to get on for the Lord, my goals changed to, man, I can't wait till we can tithe this much every single year. I can't wait till we can give away a car. We can give away a house. We can do these things. And it's, I will say this, those things brought bring me more joy. Those goals that the Lord is laying on my heart have brought me so much joy and more excitement than I ever would have had thinking about my own house or thinking about my own salary. And so that's the first thing I've noticed is when for me personally, and I think you'll see it too. If you want to know and you want to do a heart check on where you're at, check your goals. What are your goals? Are your goals selfish? And I hate to call it out. I'm not not with judgment, but like, are they all about you and how you feel and what you want? Or is this something the Lord has laid on your heart? And then, so the same thing with our dreams, our dreams will change. And even our goals for our kids, if you're a mama, then you'll understand that too. The goals you want for your kids, it's not like, man, I hope they go to this college and have this job. It's like, wow, man, I hope they're sold out for the Lord and that they're willing to drop everything the minute the Lord calls them to go chase after what he wants. And if you're single right now, are you sitting there thinking like, man, this is the man I want. He's going to be, it's going to be so cute. He's going to make this much money. He's going to have this job. He's going to drive this car. We're going to be so set. Are you sitting there like, man, Lord, I hope he spends every morning with you every night. I hope that he prays so hard that he doesn't want to get out of his prayer closet. I hope that he is already planning the next mission stuff he's going to do. Like, where are, where are your goals? If you're planning, anytime we plan for the future, I think it's such a good way to heart check. Like, where are we with the Lord right now? Do I need, is there something else I have to give up? Do I need to stay Am I doing okay where I'm at? Am I growing? Or is the Lord saying, hey, I'm over here. And these things you have, your goals right here are blocking you from getting to what I want you to do. And so I just, I love that for a heart check. It's super easy to kind of see where you're at in your life right now. And I want to go back to something you said to love the sinner, hate the sin, because it's not actually a biblical scripture. And we hear that a lot. So I want to help I want to help. Um, I always think it's important to like shepherd here, but there is a scripture, Jude 1, 22 through 23, that does say, and have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them out of the fire to others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And so I just want to say, like, I, I think what I have learned in this regard that, you know, we grew up hearing love the sinner, hate the sin but it doesn't work with a lot of people in my life who are struggling with homosexuality, like, or whatever it may be. They just don't like that. You don't agree with them sometimes. And the truth is it's like, we don't even need to have that conversation because I needed, I, people have extended mercy to me in times where I didn't deserve it. And because they did the kindness of God came and flooded my heart. And we are to treat those who, you know, Paul is so good at laying this out in the New Testament. My husband and I talk about this often. Paul talks about like you treat non-believers different than you treat believers. Believers should know better. It's different. Like once you know the revelation and truth that sets you free, you can't live the way that you used to live before you knew the truth. You're responsible for agreeing with the truth and running with it once you hear it, right? Thank you, Jesus, for repentance. Thank you, Jesus, for the moments where we may trip along the way and sin and we can turn our hearts to him and say, Lord, please forgive me. I repent. But when people aren't believers, we have the ability to be kind and merciful towards them. Doesn't mean you have to agree. Doesn't mean you have to get in an argument about their sin. They're not even believers yet to even know that that's a sin, but they know Christians think it's a sin. Do you know what I mean? So 
I think that's something that I wanted to point out. That's a really beautiful place to meditate in the word about mercy and his kindness towards those who are unbelievers, because it is different than those who are believers. And what Candace is saying, I think is so pivotal about the fear of the Lord, because I've encountered the fear of the Lord in a way where I'm like, I have to, like, if somebody's, you know, slandering somebody in a moment, it feels so uncomfortable because I may not know them super well, but I have to shut it down and say, Hey, this feels like gossip right now. And I feel the fear of the Lord to love the person that they're talking about. That's not in the room because love covers. And so there's these moments where I feel the fear of the Lord or like, if I don't say yes and obey God and what he's sharing with me to do, I would like, it would grieve the Holy spirit. And to me, that's like the fear of the Lord is like the fear of the Lord empowers me to live his word and to obey God in a way that brings more freedom and more truth. And I don't know if you want to add anything to that Candace, but my dreams by operating in the fear of the Lord have changed to become more like living the great commission and not caring so much about having a TV show or being a best-selling author. Those things are there, but as I seek first, the kingdom of heaven, all these things are added to me. So if they're supposed to be mine, God will bring them. I'm being faithful along the way though. And so that's something I wanted to share um, in regards to that. I wanted to backtrack and address the love the sin, hate the sinner, because I do believe that's God's heart, but it's not scripture. But there is a place in scripture where that heart posture can be backed up. And then the fear of the Lord has transformed the direction of my life to freedom and excitement. Like Candace said, like I enjoy doing so much more of the things that God has led me to. And I would not have chosen them however long ago because I would have been very critical and judgmental towards this time of my life. Like, why would I want that? I love that you say that. Yeah. And so it's so important too. And I think you've actually spoke on this really well. When we say love the sinner, hate the sin, it doesn't mean accept where they're at. There's a difference between love and acceptance. And two, I think the Holy Spirit is really good on allowing you discernment when those conversations happen, what conversations need to happen. Jamie Lynn and I were just talking about this morning that you're going to come into situations with somebody who's in sin. And it's so different with a believer. With a believer, we are called to lovingly rebuke them. And that's actually held on us. And yes, we're supposed to snatch. I, I look at it this way. Yes, we'll say we're snatching people out of the fire who are literally burning with sin but it is a different standard. And like you were saying, you've talked to um, homosexual people that just don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear it if you don't agree with them. And so we have to look at that and be like, you can love them through it. You don't have to accept where they're at. You don't have to say yes to that sin. You don't, don't be in agreement actually, but man, you can love them through it. And we have somebody in our life right now that is, um, so wonderfully difficult <laughs> so wonderfully difficult but i can see the heart of the matter i know why they're difficult i know why they're suffering with the things they're suffering but there is no changing there's absolutely no changing there's no hearing the word um anything that would be corrective in any way and we're loving her through that it hasn't been it hasn't been very easy but the Lord has also given me compassion because there's some conversations that I would love to have with her, but she's not in the place for that yet. She's still really broken from things that have happened to her. And so we're loving her through it. And then by our actions and our heart, and because I, I can see where the Lord's taking this and I'm not accepting, I'm not going to accept where she's at, but I can love her through it. And then maybe she'll see the love of Christ in there. Yeah. 
I love this. It's like a plot twist from where we expected to go with this. We always do this. <laughs> well, no, it's good. It's good because I think one of the things that's important to know is if people don't see Jesus in you, the real Jesus, not the Jesus that you think he is, but the Jesus he really is, then he, they're not going to want him. And when the woman was caught in adultery, all these people were like, this person was caught in adultery. What, what, what do you say about it? And Jesus is like, well, which, which one of you is any different? Like cast yes. the first stone. And, and so I think that there's just this beautiful thing that God has done in my own heart and God did it. It's not nothing I could have done on my own, but you know, I used to be critical or judgmental or feel like people in leadership should know better. And, you know, there's people even today to this day that do things that I don't agree with, but I, I'm not judgmental or critical. I can actually, like Kina said, I can see their life and why they're living like they are or why they would come at me or why they would do this. And I see it. I see their past. I see where there's healing. I see where there's not healing. That's usually not that hard to see, but I can love them through it and trust that God is good. And his, and he, he is going to transform their heart as long as they seek him. Sometimes it requires a conversation. Other times it just requires me being kind and gentle in my response. And so that's one thing that um, I think is really beautiful along the way in this journey of, of loving people well. But moving on, because we did tell you we were going to talk about this, is we, I feel this secret weapon of um, your dreams coming to fruition is seeking first the kingdom of heaven. And before you know, we share about wisdom, I do want to say, Wisdom should never become an idol to you. And it should never become the thing that like you're asking for. I don't believe that we should go to God because we're asking for something and we all the time. Like I believe in a, in the kind of relationship where it's like, I get to just spend time with you. Like God, what's on your heart? God, what do you want me to pray? Like, Lord, like, would you reveal your character to me through this word, through your word, through prayer today? Like, I think there's so many beautiful things that God does. And so I don't want wisdom, who is an amazing friend. Um, and wisdom was with God when he created the earth. She was hovering the earth while he was creating. And so I just want to say, I believe we are all creative beings because God is the most creative being and we're made in his image. And that could be in finances, that could be in architecture, that could be in technology, that could be in social media, that could be with your kids, that could be with so much creativity is not painting and designing. It's a lot. And it's even your, the power of your words, your rhetoric, what you speak holds power and wisdom was with God creating. And so what I love is we're going to go through and read a, a couple of scriptures about wisdom to help bring a little bit more insight here. And then I'm going to turn to a page in my book and read a few things that are fruits of wisdom that I think is so crazy powerful. Um, so wisdom in the world is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise. So wisdom gives you knowledge and sound judgment in a certain situation and not judgment like you're right and wrong, but more like, um, more like, discernment I would say I think wisdom has have you ever had those moments too where like you're like wow that was you share something and you're like that was totally the Lord I feel like that's the spirit of wisdom when something like that shows up in life and I think it's pretty cool I'm having to look for where this is in the book um but James 1 5 if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him so wisdom is something that God and you know, the fear of the Lord, as we talked about, to respect and have an, a reverence for who God is, 
is the beginning of wisdom. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, you can't have true wisdom. There are two wisdoms circulating the world right now. One is the one that put Jesus on the cross because these guys were so wise that they wanted everyone to come to them. They knew it all. They knew the law. They were bound by the law. And there's a worldly wisdom that looks, if you don't really know him, if you don't know God, like the wisdom of heaven, but it's not. It's literally what put Jesus on the cross. And you can read about that in 2 Corinthians 2. Is it 2 Corinthians 2 or 1 Corinthians 2? Let me look. I Sometimes I get it. I read this all the time. And still sometimes I get it mixed up. JK, 1 Corinthians 2. Um, I'll just read this because I think it's really powerful. Um, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that was hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. God hid this for you to go seek it. That's what I love about God. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So these rulers, these spiritual leaders of the earth didn't know the secret hidden wisdom or they would not have crucified the very Messiah that they were all saying was coming, that was standing before them. But because they didn't have God's wisdom, not all of them could recognize the man, Jesus, the Messiah, when he was standing there. And I still think God shows up today like that with wisdom. I still think that this is like, when you don't know what to do, wisdom reveals what to do. And sometimes wisdom reveals something so crazy, the foolish thing that confounds the wise, that if you don't have God's wisdom, you won't even be willing to take the risk. You won't even be willing to able to see what God has done. And so I love this because it says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. And the spirit searches all things, even the deep things. And so what I love is the Holy Spirit reveals the spirit of the fear of the Lord and the wis and wisdom, God's wisdom to us. And so I just want to say, um, it even says the man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they're foolish to him. And he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. But the spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject. Okay, it keeps going. It's amazing. First Corinthians two, start in verse six. But I just want to share it. Like this is to me, this get, this puts the fear of the Lord in me. God, I don't want the wisdom of man. I want heavenly wisdom because I don't want to be deceived. And I don't want to be the person. I think a lot of celebrity Christians um, fall into this. Like, and when I say celebrity Christians, I mean like those who are marked like with the Luciferian spirit of like, look at me. I get the glory. I want people to like me. I want people to love me. And I have a lot of compassion for those people and my heart breaks because I just want them to turn to the Lord and shepherd people to the man, Jesus, and not to themselves. And I want them to shepherd um, with the spirit of wisdom that comes from God alone. And then James 3.17 says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And what I love about this is this is literally the fruits of wisdom written in God's word. And I love the book of James. It's one of my favorite books in the entire Bible. So I just want to encourage you, like wisdom is pure. It's peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Not the wisdom where you, you think you're right and everyone's wrong. Because sometimes we can think that that's wisdom, like, oh, they're wrong. 
That's not, that's not how wisdom speaks. And so wisdom has a love that's pure, that's sincere and peaceable. It's full of mercy, open to reason, the one that can sit at the table and it's open to reason, not I'm right, you're wrong kind of attitude. And there's a whole lot more I could say about that, but I don't know if you want to add more right now, Candice, what's coming to your heart right now? She's on mute. I couldn't figure out how to get it off. No, I don't have a lot for that right now. I well, the only thing that Lord brings me to is I um I say this over and over because we can have when you're listening to the Lord, yes, it's time in prayer and it's time in his word. And so I hear this, I've heard this so many times, and it's knowledge plus love equals wisdom. So if you are working out of just the knowledge of the Bible, but you're not walking in his spirit with his intentions and the things he's called you to, it becomes, it can be legalistic. Yeah. And it can become all about the rules. And it's like, oh, this is what the Bible says. But when you're walking with love, with that knowledge that the Lord has given you, and with like this, his word tells us how to live. His word tells us how to interact with others. And so when we're walking in his love and his knowledge that he's given us, that's what wisdom looks like. So that's it. I love that. I'm going to read part of um, my book, Holy Revolution. There's a whole chapter about wisdom. And I just want to say it's towards the end of the book because it's supposed to stir you with even more excitement for what God has for you. I think it's a really amazing chapter called God's Secret Wisdom. It breaks it down even more. Highly encourage you to go get this on Amazon or I have no shame. I wrote this. It took time. Go get the book. It's beautiful. Um, okay, so here's a list of a, some of the benefits of wisdom. And I have a list of the scripture that goes with it, but I'm just going to list through like, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see there's like literally a list with the scripture next to it. And if you're listening, um, which is where most of our viewers are, we love you guys. Um, you can go get the book and look through it. So what does wisdom, what are the benefits of wisdom? Wisdom brings success and protection. This is God's wisdom, not heaven's, not earthly wisdom. This is heavenly wisdom, success and protection. You understand true justice. It saves you from wicked words of man. She saves you from an adulterous spirit. She helps you keep the ways of righteousness, prolongs your life many years with peace and prosperity, gives you favor with God and man brings health to your body and nourishment to your bones, brings blueprints for any situation you are in. This is crazy. This is all biblical. Every single one of these things is found in his word. Empowers kings to reign and rulers to make just laws. Generous ones will govern the earth when they have wisdom. Brings unending wealth and glory, fills your life with treasures. Wisdom provides a word for each day. Brings a fountain of life pouring into you and every year becomes more fruitful than the one before. To me, I'm like, how could you not want to be friends with wisdom? I think that just makes her sound even cooler. And I just want to encourage you to ask the Lord for wisdom. Ask for that word each day and, and to ask the Lord first for the fear of the Lord, because those who fear the Lord are called friends of God and friends like I, God will always be my Lord. And I always have a reverence for him when he tells me to do something or whatever that may be. There's also these moments of friendship that are like, I want to walk with you in the day. I want to share what's on my heart with you. And I want to build this trust with you and share more than I would. if, Because like, if you're just like a, a king doesn't just go share his secrets with somebody random, like go sit at somebody's house randomly and share secrets with them, right? 
but one who becomes a friend to the king, the king can share more with. And I want to be that kind of woman where the king can trust me and come share his thoughts with and be friends with him because I love him. But that's the, I believe for many of you, you're in situations with family members or at work, or you have this dream and you don't know what to do. And maybe the Lord has told you and you're afraid because of X, Y, Z and fear should never be the reason that keeps you from doing anything. I've been on both sides of that, you know, doing it afraid and not doing it because I was afraid. And I just want to encourage you, like, fear the Lord and ask for wisdom and wisdom will provide the blueprint for you to move forward in the people and surround you with the people to run forward with. We, I believe this is the secret weapon, but this is a fruit of being in relationship with God. It should never take place of desiring to know him and love him because we are to seek first the kingdom of heaven and so much of this will be added to us. Sure, I love that. And I, I love that you actually pointed out that not to make an idol because I think you'll see, um, especially with King Solomon because the Lord actually, I can't imagine one being that place where the Lord's like, what do you want? But because the, it actually made God so happy that that was his request because he's like, wow, you know, he's like, you want to live in me. And when we have that wisdom, we want to, we want to live in the Lord. We want to do his will. And so when he gave him that gift, but you can actually see throughout um, Solomon's reign where you can keep going. And I think it's in Ezekiel. And I remember reading, I'm like, oh my gosh, he sounds so depressed here. Like Solomon sounds so depressed here. And I remember thinking, I'm like, or not Ezekiel, Ecclesiastes, sorry, y'all. And I'm like, if we are constantly dependent on our own knowledge and our own wisdom, and I'm like, we start to think we don't need the Lord. Yeah. And we start to think that we don't need what he has to say, what he's told us, because we know it all. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and you can almost see that's what happened with Solomon. And that kind of started leading to his fall and the stuff with women. And yeah, it's true. It's so true. I love that, Candace. And we love you, ladies and dudes who are still tuning in. But we love you guys. And I, we believe in what God put within you. And in his word, when you read his word, I'm telling you, like, if I were to give you practical wisdom on just, like living out the things that God has called you to do, it's first get in relationship with the Lord. Seek first him. Like seek Jesus with everything you have. Read his word. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the character and nature of Christ so that you know he goes before you, surrounds you, and follows you. You're not alone. Two, you, so you're praying and you're reading the word. So two, that goes together. Two, get in the place of asking wisdom every day for your word. Like, what is the word today, wisdom, that you want to reveal to me? I know you have a solution here. Maybe you have a friend. Wisdom's not always about you, right? Like, your friend may need wisdom, and you know how to ask for wisdom in a situation and they don't know they need wisdom, but just pray, God, what wisdom do you have for my cousin Candace? Like what, what, like she's in this situation. What do you say about it in spirit of wisdom? How can I encourage her with you? Like what, what can you reveal to me to share with her? And, or would you just go fill her with wisdom, God? And you start asking God to fill people with wisdom to help you because like, for example, the prophetic, it's not for you and for people to glorify you and to be known as someone who's prophetic. It's literally to draw people to the heart of God and to remind them that he's real and he's like, he has plans for you, right? 
So I feel wisdom does the same thing. It's, it's for all. Everyone benefits from the person who lives in wisdom. So I just want to encourage you practically to seek the Lord and ask for wisdom every day. We're still here. Yeah. I was like, I was like, take it away. No, I was letting you finish. I love that Jamie. And I'll, I'll put another plug y'all. Jamie writes about this so beautifully in her book. She really wrote this with the Lord. And so I'm not getting anything from this y'all, but you've got to go read her book, Holy Revolution. The way she speaks about wisdom and about actually walking with the Holy Spirit is your best friend. It's, it's like a little manual. It is. So I would definitely suggest if you, and she has an audible for all those, everybody's like, I'm too busy to read. I'm like, you can listen to it. You're in your car. Yeah. Go listen to it. I read it. Thank you, Candice. I think this book is just a helpful tool. It's like a great discipleship tool, but I love the Lord and it's real. And yeah, I'm, I just want everyone to get it. You can go to my website or you can go to Amazon to get it, but we want to pray for you. And, um, we hope this encourages you and um, you know, after we pray for you, we're going to close this out, but we just want to say, please go subscribe to our podcast, share it with your girlfriends. It's amazing how much this is growing. I'm like <laughs> a little dumbfounded at what's happening right now. And we know it's not about numbers, but the fact that women are tuning in to something called set apart woman or set apart women is like crazy to me. And so we just believe in you and we're praying for you and, um, Thank you so much for being part of this with us. We can't wait to meet you in person at our events. And we believe that we're in this for the long haul. We can't wait to meet you. We know there's going to be a time where we can meet you face-to-face at one of our events. And so go subscribe, leave a written review so we can hear from you or go subscribe to our YouTube channel for sure because we have more fun stuff coming that way too. But we love you guys. And so Kenis, you want to pray us out? I will, I will. And I want to, can I, I want to share this real quick. Please. The, this is what was so exciting is I, yes, you said that, right. When you said that I got like chills in my body, so that women are subscribing to something called set apart women, that people are stepping out in faith. And I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, we have new believers and it's so beautiful. But what I'm also seeing is all these women who have been walking with the Lord, but have just recently been set on fire. And it is so hungry and beautiful. And everybody's like, they're like more, 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 more God, more God. And I'm like, anyways, I get chills in my body. Every time I think about it, we've, me and Jamie have had dreams about where this is going. God is literally giving us dreams about where this is going out. And we're beyond thrilled, unbelievably humbled. Like we just get to be along for the ride and we're having so much fun with y'all. So yes, I do. I would love to start praying. So Father God, we just want to thank you for giving us this opportunity to tune in with these women to speak love and life over their lives to Lord, just share the things that you've given us. I ask that you fill them with the fear of the Lord and the spirit of wisdom. I pray that they see your, they can feel your presence as they go about their day to day. As they're listening to this, Lord, this was not an accident. I know that they are hearing you speak. And Father, I ask that you give them the courage to live this out, to live with wisdom and to live with the fear of the Lord, because it's a beautiful, weighty thing. And Father, give them joy in this freedom that they're experiencing. And just keep, Lord, please keep encouraging them as they, as they step out, as they stay set apart, as they are living examples for other people to follow, to live stronger with you. So.
In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We love you girls. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week on Spread Apart Women's. Hello, ladies. We are so excited that y'all have been listening to us. We love hearing your response. Please continue to do so. Um, we are asking right now that you please subscribe to YouTube or to podcast if you're listening to us. But if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and share. You never know who this word is for. If it impacted you, you never know who else is going to touch. So please put that out there. We really just want to share the love of God. Thank you.